Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, and today my guest is Ree Perez, who is a former Fortune 500 brand consultant, is a speaker, and an author. He's worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and CEOs and founders to help them reinvent their business, reinvent their brands, and oftentimes in that whole process to reinvent their lives as well. So I am so happy to have you here today, Re, uh, to talk about your journey and what you do now and how you help people reinvent. And tell us more. Tell us how you got here and yeah. why you do what you do. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. So thank you so much for having me, Hannah. I'm excited to be here and share some things that uh, hopefully would be of value for uh, for the people listening in. So um, like you had mentioned, uh, you know, I, I've, I have both the, sort of the corporate background, but also working with so many entrepreneurs and businesses in the in the health and wellness space and education and a lot of services and some SaaS businesses. And I think what I found over the past 12 years since leaving the corporate world is that there's something transformational. I'm really in the business of transformation. People oftentimes come to me because either something's not working or their brand is not authentic to them anymore or they've outgrown their brand or or they're not they're not proud of their brand and so usually the process i think what is fulfilling for me is that it really is almost like a deep uh soul excavation and um analysis into the core essence of who of who someone is uh, whether it's a personal brand or who they are as a business, like what is the core essence of that? And and then helping give life to, to that brand. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I've defined, one of the ways that I define brand is about, it's about creating a desired perception in the marketplace. And um, it, we've all heard the phrase perception is reality, right? And so I kind of work from the end of, how do you need to be perceived in order to attract the right opportunities that you want to attract? And I know this, the power of perception when I was in, in my early thirties and I was working at one of the top brand consulting firms. And uh, I was wondering why was I getting passed up for the next promotion? And, you know, like I'm smart and I'm committed, I'm dedicated, but why, why do I keep getting passed up? And the global human resources director says that I didn't have enough gray hair. <laughs> Translation, I didn't look old enough. And so um, I didn't have the right perception because if I was going to consult with these CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, I needed to look older. So if you know anything about human resources, that's probably an illegal thing you could say. But at the time, that's what HR had told me. So I knew that no matter how smart or committed or dedicated I was, that perception would matter more. And so I wanted to take that learning and be able to help other entrepreneurs and CEOs or founders be able to work on their brand so that they never get passed up on the opportunities that they seek to pursue 
simply because they didn't have the right perception, mm-hmm. i.e. the right brand. So I'm so glad you brought that story up uh, because mm-hmm. I can relate so much to that. And um, in financial services, it's the same way, right? Yeah. It's like the gray hairs are what give you credibility. Yeah. Um, and I, there's like, there's a, there's a yes. And to that, yeah. right? Like the experience is, is really necessary in what you, in being able to support people in some of these really big decisions that they're making me with their money, you with their branding. That's right. That's right. And then at the same time, it doesn't, just the presence of gray hair doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have experience. Correct. Correct. For, for me, I've been like, it's been 17 years in one industry. And when people see my face, a lot of times they're like, what, did you start when you're 12? Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you know, it's been, it's, it, I wasn't, you know, I didn't start in this industry when I was, um, when I was young, it wasn't, you know, family industry. Yeah. I was already in my mid twenties. Um, and so, that like you're saying that perception can actually really shape the initial impression that someone has that's right of you of your brand um and i feel like especially in this time of i've been talking to so many um founders and and entrepreneurs about personal branding right so like even um you know if you have a couple of different businesses different entities yeah. like yeah. What is the thing that's uniting those? That's you is your personal brand. That's right. That's and right. And so, yeah, how are how is that being perceived? So, yeah, let's yeah. keep talking about that. It's fascinating because I, uh, uh, I think even still to this day, people are shocked that I'm not my age. But in this case, it kind of works in my favor. Like I just I'm turning fifty two uh, in a month from now, depending on when this airs. But so let's just say I'm in my fifties. <laughs> And I don't relate to myself in my 50s. I still feel like I have like a young energy, but an old soul. And um, anyway, so uh, what's what I am finding interesting as I get older and as I start to mentor or coach or even surround myself with some of these younger entrepreneurs, oftentimes I find that, yes, I can actually, there's something for me to learn from these younger entrepreneurs. So I think maybe from my perspective, I think the landscape is changing. I don't know exactly. It's been a while that I've worked in the corporate environment. I'm pretty sure there's some of that still exists, but I think there is also something to be said about some some uh, some people who, even though they look young, they bring the expertise and the smarts and the and the wisdom and the uh, and the insight that maybe an older generation may not be able to see, mainly because the business landscape is entirely different. Technology, marketing, everything is just sort of evolved. And so uh, hopefully that's changed. I, I can't test that out, but hopefully that that's changing. Yeah. Well, and to your point about like working, again, working with um, CEOs, founders, entrepreneurs, right? It's a more nimble space, yeah, uh, you know, than the fortune 500s and, you know, like having a gigantic, you know, multinational brand that is hard to reinvent or hard to pivot. Um, you're really working more with these, um, again, uh, nimbleness is coming yeah. to mind as a, yeah. as, as a word. And so when you're working with 
you know, brands that are well-established, like that's kind of the thing we were talking about before, right? Like brands that have been around, they've been established for a while, seven, eight, nine figure business revenue, and suddenly something doesn't feel right or it doesn't feel authentic or like you've grown, grown to a place where you're like, wait, I don't recognize the core values anymore in my company. How do you, how do you bring that back in? How do you work with uh, a founder or CEO to help them rediscover? Yeah. Well, usually, so I usually go back to, or my starting point is usually uh, trying to understand what's the problem that they're trying to solve. More specifically, it's actually um, different sides of the same coin. So on the one side, it could be like, what's the business problem that you're trying to solve through branding? And the other side to that coin is, what's the branding problem that you're trying to solve that's going to help support your business goals? And so um, so usually when people come to me, when they, when it's time to figure out when it, when they want to reinvent their brand or even just do a refresh or reevaluate, uh, oftentimes there's some indicators such that there's some kind of problem solve a business or a brand problem. And that looks like things like, well, we're not attracting the kind of caliber of clients or customers we want to attract, or something is landing flat with our messaging or, uh, you know, our value proposition, or people are, they just don't trust us because we look like we're one thing, but we're really something else. Um, But as it relates to more specifically the CEO and founder who ostensibly is the visionary and someone who has sort of like this peek into what the future could look like as a result of the business. And I I don't, I can't speak for, for all founders and visionaries, but oftentimes there's gotta be some sort of emotional connection to that vision. And if that vision is just only predicated on making a ton of money, like that's fine. Every business is in business to make money. But if that's your only goal or vision, that usually has a certain shelf life. And the usually what I'm finding that people are, are going through the reinvention process, they're really looking at wh- what is the impact uh, I need to, that I want to make. And if they're already making an impact, how can I expand that impact or um, how can I reach my highest potential in order to fulfill on a bigger impact? And so that that requires a CEO and founder to kind of really dig deep. And it could be shifting either their their model, their their business model, their beliefs, their values, uh, and, and then everything from there sort of trickles down and, and what that needs to look like from your team to, you know, your offerings and whatnot. But it usually comes from at the core level of um, your beliefs and your values. And sometimes that can be, that can shake people up, you know, um, think about it. It's like, if there's, have you ever had a belief that over time you realize, actually, I don't think I no, no longer believe that. And maybe I need to adopt, or maybe the opportunities to adopt a new belief. And and I think that's a discovery process that a lot of people are going through uh, with 
lots of the tremendous changes that we have been through as a collective um, species, I should say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think globally, I think a lot of us has really been confronted with the that question of what is really true and what's true to, to my values. And so that usually sp uh, sparks like, okay, well, if that's the case, then how, how can my business better reflect that? Because if I'm going to be spending most of my time building this business, I want to make sure that it's truly connected to my values and my beliefs and, and the impact that I want to make. Ooh, that like, that got me right in the heart, like <laughs> for sure. That's um, because I, I work from the exact same place, right. In uh, helping people to align to their core, the core yeah. impact that they want to make. And I do that with money. Yeah. Right. It's there. It's yeah. so it's so um, important to be building towards something that you actually care about That's versus right. just building. Like you said, like if if the purpose is just to make a bunch of money and then you're out, I I I don't actually find that to be a sustainable way yeah. to to live. And then when that person does sell, has a ton of money, that doesn't actually fulfill on their their purpose or their impact and you know That's right. within a couple of years either the money is gone or they've they're searching for something new something right. bigger and it's just not it's not the it's not it's not fulfilling on what you know especially a visionary is right. is here to do and and impact they're here to create i i can't there's countless stories that i've heard uh of many entrepreneurs who have exited seven, eight, nine figure exits. And then they're like lost or unfulfilled. And so, so we know that money is, is important, you know, uh, to some degree or to a large degree, but it's, it's, but it's not the motivator it's and and when you kind of dig back into what's the thing that's going to really bring you the most joy and fulfillment that's where it's at. And so that's that's a big reason why I love what I do. And then, of course, in the branding process and in this excavation and exploration and solidifying of, okay, what do we value? And what is our point of view? And what is our message? And what's our stance? Like, once you clarify all that, what what is exciting is to see people, their whole physiology changes and how they show up, how they dress, how they communicate how they express themselves and it's whole another level of confidence that is attractive and and it's magnetizing because the clarity and the confidence that a visionary or a ceo or a founder has or even just the clarity and confidence of an organization of a brand when that is so when they're clearly in their zone of who they are it's infectious and people want people want that so Mm. That's my my humble opinion. <laughs> no, nah, you don't have to be humble here. Uh, yeah, no, that's I I I agree, and I I don't want to just be here saying like yes and right like all yeah, the yeah. time, but it's so so true that that authenticity and the alignment, like aligning your actions, right, aligning your money. Um, the way I put it is aligning your energy, your time, and your money. Yeah. Yeah. In in service to that bigger vision, that like deep connection that you have, you can't help but expand. 
that's where expansion happens is when you align those that's actions right. right towards the towards the bigger vision and then watch it grow and you have so many testimonials on your website uh, <laughs> to that effect right like we <clears throat> You know, we got that alignment right. We, you know, connected um, to our our true purpose as a brand, and just like watch the watch the growth happen. So, what yeah. do you? How do you? Um, how do you work with people in that way? Like, what do you? What do you notice um, at the beginning of the process, and then kind of how how long does that take? for people to start like really connecting to and then seeing results with that authenticity. Uh, yeah. So, um, so the question is around sort of like process, what does that look like or what's the starting point? Right. And then how, how long does it take? Um, it, it does vary. That's not a cop out, but I'll give some ranges. It does vary depending on the person, the size of the business, how much data points we're working with. Sorry. <laughs> I, um, so it does vary, but typically the starting point is a deep dive sort of discovery into the who, what, and why, meaning like who's, who's the target audience, right? And then what is, or what are the problems that you're solving for them? And then why, why you, why you compared to all the other people who are saying that they can solve that same problem. And it's in it's really revealing what comes out in that process uh, because oftentimes people either realize, oh, wait a minute, that's who we were targeting is not who we really want to target anymore, the who. Um, wait a minute, we think that the problem that our target audience are looking to solve is this, but it's really something else, right? And it depends on where they are on the spectrum of, you know, is it like a, a problem that they're aware of or is it a problem that they're not aware of <laughs> uh, or are they aware that there's solutions or they're unaware that there's solutions, that whole spectrum? And so that is another process of saying, oh, actually, no, we're solving um, a, a new kind of problem. And then why you when you layer on a competitive analysis and saying, OK, if this is the why you and hundreds of other people saying that they that that's the reason why they should choose them and it's the same message then we go deeper then we figure out okay well what what is what sits on top of all of those things that are just table stakes uh is a is a fancy term to say like it's it's sort of like common like everyone else that's just what gets you at the table so if you are a financial expert, right, and one of your value propositions is, um, you know, we help you grow your money. Well, it just kind of gets you in the door. Like, I expect that that's what you would do if you're like a financial expert. I'm just making this up. <laughs> it's true, though. <laughs> it's so true. vanilla. So, yes, it's, it's sort of par for the course. And so then we just keep layering in deeper and deeper and deeper. And then we kind of look at the person, similar sort of thing, who, what, and why, like, who are you? Like, who are you? Which is the adage question, uh, age old question of like, well, who are we? And so there's a framework that I go through that really puts some languaging into defining the levels of who you are, because the who you are 
depends on context or depends on like who you are in relation to um, uh, a broader context. So for example, there's who you are in relation to your family. There's who you are in relation to, to your community, who you are in relation to the organization and who you are in relation to the world. And so we kind of play in that whole spectrum and expanding like the, who are you? And then, um, uh, then we go through, I feel like I'm going too long, but then we go through the what and then the why. And it's like, the what is more like, what is your uh, solution? So it's the opposite side to the problem. Like, what are the solutions? What are the offerings? And that gets into like, how are you going to serve these people? And then the why is that at the end of the day, why are you doing this? What's the personal why? Uh, and and that that process is like getting, getting people connected to their why. Um, that's above and beyond hitting this figure that and, you know, exiting this, but getting clear to the the more meaningful and purposeful why. Mm. And I, I think what's happening right now um, with businesses of all sizes is that people are really starting to vote with their dollars in a way that's like they they want to work with or buy from or patronize companies that actually have a why that they agree with. Yeah. And, right. and what's beautiful about that is, you know, there are, you know, more than 8 billion people on the planet and, you know, having, if that means that if you are true to your why and you can really craft that and make it, um, I think from, from what you do, like make it really clear, right? Like just serve yeah. it up on a, here it is, here's right. our why. So that the people who resonate with you can connect with that more easily that there's i i believe with all of my heart that there is enough for everyone yeah i agree that we don't we don't have to pretend to be something that we're not in order to get clients or customers um that are like yeah. eh, right they can go to a brand that is that they resonate with and there are plenty of people that will resonate with who you truly are on a cellular that's level. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll bring this up because you might ask me, but uh, we didn't talk about my book. Oh, it's going there next. So let's do it. <laughs> Excuse me. This is a really good segue because uh, it's not exactly my why, but I wrote a book and it's bold. It's ostensibly maybe provocative um, but it's pretty bold. And the title of the book is Your Brand Should Be Gay, Even If You're Not. The subtitle, just FYI, it's The Art and Science of Creating an Authentic Brand. But the leading headline of the title, Your Brand Should Be Gay, Even If You're Not. It, it, there's so much in that title that does a lot of things that I'm actually teaching with the power of branding. Um, so let, if I may, just let me just interact with you on that. So when you first heard that book title, what came to mind for you? I immediately, so I, um, I have not read it yet, Yeah, yeah. but as soon as I saw it, I was like, I have to read this. <laughs> that was my, that was my true, honest initial reaction. I was like, Ooh, what does that mean? And I have, I have to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's perfect. So what I'm teaching through that book title, well, one, when a lot of people said, you should write a book, you should write a book, you should write a book. 
And then sometimes you answer the calling, right? And then so uh, I want to say four or five years ago, I answered the calling. I was like, okay, let's do this. Let, let's take what's in my brain, put it into a book. But I didn't want another boring branding book and uh, or a very corporate, like I'm not, I don't, I don't do the corporate thing anymore. So I didn't want something that was really stuffy and corporate-y. Um, but the book really is about authenticity. And if I wrote a book, how to create a more authentic brand. Now, obviously I haven't A-B tested this, but I would assert that it's not going to have the same reaction that you just had. Right. <laughs> right. So I'm teaching a couple of things. One, it's to uh, a brand should pique your curiosity. It should get you upon someone to say, um, well, what does that mean? Or, or tell me more. So it should pique your curiosity and strike a conversation. It should evoke an emotion, right? Whether it's like, I have to read that book or for some people they've told me like they get a chuckle at it or they're like, oh, that's brilliant. Um, I don't know a lot of examples, but I'm pretty sure there are some people that are like confused or offended or they are not aligned with the word gay, even though I, and then I'm also teaching through the power of language and words, like how one word can trigger so many things. And I could have meant your brand should be happy, right? But it's, it's interesting how we, words can influence our perception. But then on another meta level, as it relates to me, I've, I came out in the nineties and in New York, and it wasn't, really safe to come out of the closet at that time. It, it's actually quite popular and more accepting, uh, maybe in uh, more places than than before. But back then, it, you didn't really come out. And so my own personal journey is how do I find my own authentic voice and who I am? Sometimes people don't know that I'm gay. Uh, and it's not that I'm hiding. It's more like, they have a picture of what gay looks like, sounds like, and behaves like. And so if like, if I'm not that, well, how do I? And so, so oftentimes people assume I wrote a book that I must be, that your brand should be gay, that I must be gay. And it's like, well, hello, if you didn't know, now you know. But the real thing is that there's some power and in me being authentic and knowing that some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it. And I'm in a place with my own personal brand where I'm here for all of it. Like it doesn't, doesn't phase me one bit if you're offended by my book. Uh, and so that's really what I'm teaching is that when you're the most authentic as a brand, you will attract the right people and you will repel the people that, that, that aren't aligned with your values or who aren't connected to, to, to who you are and what you're about and no more hiding, right? Like hiding, it's like, I think if someone, I remember this only happened once in New York where I met up with someone, this is in my first couple of years in business and it, it came up in conversation that I was gay. I never heard back from him. Like we were deep in like a prospecting phase and talking about working together. And then when that came up, it's like, I never heard back from him. And so it could have been a multiplicity of reasons, but I kind of attributed it to that. And that's okay with me. Like I've learned like that, that's great. If you don't want to work with me because of my orientation, then we weren't meant to work together anyway. So I think that's the real power. And so I teach, the, I use that book to get your attention 
And then, of course, I have put lots of rich examples explaining what the branding process is and the thinking that goes into building an authentic brand using many case studies with clients. So anyway, that's that's my book. And that's the reason why. And hopefully that landed. <laughs> yes, I. Oh, my gosh. Um, the the thing that was coming up as you were as you were talking and and sharing that story is um, first that. Uh, the magnet example, right? And so the stronger a magnet is, yeah, it's going to be stronger on the attraction side and it's also going to be stronger on the repelling side, right? You That's flip right. that around, it's going to like push stuff away. That's right. And, and so what what you're describing is like, okay, how do you how do you charge up your magnet mm. so that you like really like the attractor side is like just like a tractor beam like bring yeah. bring those people in uh, again like that my initial reaction of like oh i have to read this yeah right like that was like what does he mean what you know how do yeah. we do that uh, <laughs> versus someone else who maybe saw that and was like oh i would net like that's inappropriate you know what like cool that's not for you that's, that's the right. That's, right. that's the answer and like that's great you now know <laughs> exactly that <laughs> you can go find the how to how to create an authentic brand message book off the, exactly. off the shelf. Exactly. So yeah, that's I I feel like that example itself. I love that you that you pulled that apart um, for us right now. That just the title itself is you uh, being that, yeah. like like utilizing that actual. It's a, I mean, it's a tactic, but it's it's. The, it's real right yeah it works now I, I remember uh you know i would even say here's what's interesting even in the gay community um and actually i can't say the whole gay community at large but i remember um hearing about a review once on my book uh that was criticizing that this book has nothing is not really supporting the the gay community or anything like that. I never said it was intended to. <laughs> right? I never said the book is not about um the gay movement. Um it's something you know there's something else but it's even interesting but even that community and whether it's like uh, one or two people or a handful of people the critique that I heard was like oh this is this is a another branding book that's you know whatever yes it is another it's another branding book but it's done in my own way but they were drawing a link to the title and the book and they were saying how how it's not really promoting the gay community and I was like that that wasn't the intention so I deal with all of it and, <laughs> and I think everyone when they're in a public figure or when they're in a when they're communicating to the world you kind of have to just expect that you're going to get feedback from everywhere and I think the real challenge particularly in a cancel culture kind of environment i don't know how how prominent that that culture is but like it's you know i know that it still exists but i think it, it, it there's a little danger in creating a little trepidation of people being authentic to themselves uh and not and because of fear of being canceled and i i think there's some there could be some major pitfalls to avoid uh, that we should avoid in that line of thinking because people should be free to express who they are. Um, obviously, um, if it's hurting or damaging another uh, 
audience or community, then I think there's a fine line of like making sure that you're doing it in a way that honors you, but also honors um, other people. My two cents. Yeah. Might be a little off topic for branding, but that just, we just went there, right? And I figured, let me just bring that up. I, well, I think that's uh, really um, spot on to this conversation because uh, there is a level of fear, right? So especially, um, especially with the clients that you talk to, you know, right, seven, eight, nine figure businesses, at that point, you're supporting a lot of employees for, you know, for most brands that have, have hit that level, right. you've got, it's more than just you as the CEO. And um, so there can be, there can be a fear, right. Of shifting the messaging, right. Like, right. okay. It, what if, what if this shakes things up too much or um, there can be a fear of being fully authentic. And so I think the people that you're talking to m might not fall into that category of like being canceled for, you know, holding a really um, strong like opinion. Uh, or... Well, yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be a strong opinion, but you know, it comes out that someone had like really misogynistic views about something, right? Like something like sure. that, that comes out and then, um, canceled or another one that I, I saw recently was a, a company that makes baby products who didn't support a mom who they're one of their main employees who needed to take an early maternity leave for oh. a NICU baby. Right. And so like seeing it's that seeing that break between, okay, here's what I thought your brand stood for, but then now the founders coming out and saying things that are completely out of alignment with, with, you know, their, their brand's stance of how they purport to support people. Uh, it's that misalignment, that misalignment of values and actions. And actions. You know, you bring up a really good point because that that's really what it is about. It's like, sure, getting clear on your values for sure, but making sure that the delivery and the the actions are correlated to those values. Because I think what's what what people are wrestling with is, okay, you said you're all for the environment, for the planet, for women, for uh, whatever minority group, and yet none of your programs or offerings or hiring practices or anything like that match that. And so you have to deal with that misalignment. Either you're going to really you know, put your money where your mouth is and create things that support these values and in, in reality, or you're being honest and saying, no, we don't actually value those. And giving people an, an, uh, an honest and a real choice to be able to select or deselect like you, the words you use, which is like voting with your dollars. And so in a way, I think that is, I think that is a powerful way. And that I think see there's some beauty in that where people should be able to vote your with your with your dollars um because I don't think that was the case many years ago. I don't think people consciously knew to do that. They just thought, well, this is the only thing in town or oh, we have to because that's, you know, whatever. So I think people are kind of awakening to like, oh wait a minute, we actually have a, a power to do that and and it's really forcing brands to really take a look at is this truly what we believe or not? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just finding that alignment and, and truth, you know, when we hear 
truth in advertising um, kind of comes up, right? Like as you're supposed to be, right? Like we're we're required in some uh, in some areas to have that truth in advertising, but then also to have that truth in integrity, that truth of alignment, right. that truth of, um, again, aligning your actions with your values. Yeah. Um, you know, putting your money where your mouth is all of the, all the idioms. Um, all the idioms. <laughs> yeah. So re this is a beautiful, beautiful place to invite you to like, how can people get a hold of you? What's the best place for people to learn more? Um, best place for them to get your book, to work with you, to invite you as a speaker, all of the things that oh, you thank are you. good at. Thanks for asking. Yeah. So I have a lot of different uh, projects or initiatives and and things, but I think a good central point would just be reperez.com. It's just R-E with a with one E. I have to say that because sometimes people think it's pronounced R-E-E, but it's reperez.com. And um, you know, if if people want to check out a little bit more about who we've helped, where I've spoken, my book, all that's housed there and reach out. And then on social media, I'm primarily on Instagram-ish. You know, as a branding person, you would think that I'm everywhere on social media, but I think the work that I do, I'm kind of, a lot of times I'm a secret weapon to a lot of entrepreneurs and CEOs where, okay, I, I may not have like the million followers, but I'm behind a lot of the brands that do. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm bringing that up in the case of like, but knowing every person should know like what path they're on because I don't desire to be this you know, uh, I don't desire to, to really focus on, I'll call them vanity metrics. Um, or be the influencer. Yeah. Or to be the influencer. I mean, it has some connotations in there, but you know, I'm doing what I'm doing in a way that is unique to, to me and, and maybe that'll evolve, uh, on social media. But uh, my point is, is that when you're clear on who you are and who you're not and what you're going to do and what you're not going to do just makes it so much easier because it's easy to get influenced by what other people are doing and what their journey is. So I think it's important for people to recognize that as they're thinking about their brand or even thinking about reinventing their brand, going back to the center of, of who you are and what you desire. Well, Ree, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for today. having me. Yeah. <laughs> Honored to have you. And I can't wait to keep talking. And if anyone has any questions, wants to reach out, um, all of the information is in the show notes um, to get a hold of Re or to get a hold of me. Um, so we would love to hear from you. Thanks again. And we'll see you all later. Cheers. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at ExpansiveCEO.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at ExpansiveCEO.com and at XSquaredWealthPlanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, WealthPlanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive. <laughs>